Um, okay, so today um, we're quite excited. We're um, looking um, at the Bible and we're going to look at um, the way that one person discovered God's heart um, and he tried to change a nation. And we are um, we're doing this slight youth focus today, um, which we're excited about. So as Chris said, we had the guys in the band. We've had um, some of our youth praying for you guys before the service as well um, and listening to what God wants to say to you. And then there, there may be some guys praying as well afterwards um, in the ministry team. Um, so before we get into the word, why don't um, we pray? Father God, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you that you change us through your word and through your spirit. And I pray that um, you would come and you would speak to us now. In Jesus' name. Amen. So today we're going to be looking um, at the book of Two Kings. Um, most of what we do today is going to be in, in chapter 22, um, and um, there'll be a little bit of chapter 23 as well. But before we go on to look at those bits specifically, I just wanted to give you a little bit of potted history on what had happened. See, we have the nation of Judah in the southern kingdom, and for many years, um, Judah had benefited from much better leadership than um, the brother and sister nations in the northern kingdom. Both the books one and two kings, they, will oft, um, they often talk about how um, kings um, of the other 19 northern kingdoms um, did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and they didn't turn away, or they didn't turn away from the sins of the previous kings. And then um, the books, one and two kings, again, will talk about the, the southern kingdom and how there were a number of kings who did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. So for Judah in the south, things took a turn for the worse when Manasseh became um, king, he took the throne, and he reigned there for 55 years. And the Bible tells us that he brought more trouble to God's people than anyone else. Manasseh led them astray, and the Bible says they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Um, see, God had judged nations for their sin. He'd driven nations out of their land because of their sin. But God's people now were doing exactly the same thing as other nations, if not worse. God's people were called to be light in a dark place, but they were being as dark as those people around them. One of the evil rites that, um, that um, the nation had taken on was the sacrifice of their children in fire, um, which is pretty horrendous. But at the time of Manasseh's reign, um, that came to an end, and then his son, Ammon, came to the throne. He only lasted two years before he was murdered, um, and then his son, Josiah, became king, um, and Josiah took the throne when he was eight years old. So the book of two kings, um, here is where we're introduced to this king, Josiah. The Bible tells us, um, starting at the beginning of um, chapter 22, that he reigned there for 31 years. So he'd done better than his father before him um, by quite a long way. And um, he came from the line of David. So as, we, as um, we read through 22, you will see that it says he was part of David's line. Um, so chapter um, 22, verse 2, he, um, this says about Josiah, he said, he did what was right 
right in the eyes of the Lord and completely followed the ways of his father David, not turning to the right or to the left. Now, when it talks about his father David there, it's talking about um, the fact that he was from the line of David rather than his biological father, who was Ammon. Um, So it's just showing us the heritage of that line that goes down. So... And as Josiah grew older, um, he became more and more aware of um, the presence of God and wanting to follow God. And what happened was, Josiah knew that um, he needed to do something. So um, chapter 22 tells us that he spoke to his secretary, um, who he sent off to the priests of the temple. Now, the temple was in a little bit of a state, and Josiah knew that God needed to be worshipped. And where else would you worship God but in the temple? So he set about to rebuild the temple. So he sent off the priests to collect the money, the taxes from um, the temple, distribute it to those that he had appointed to do the repairs on the temple. He said to the priests, give it to the money to them, their wages, but money to source the materials. Don't worry, they don't need to be accountable for it because they're good people. Send them off to start the work on the temple. And so as the high priest, um, Hilkiah went down into um, the vault to get the money. He found this book, this book that had been lost for many, many years, and it was the book of the law. It was the word of God that had been stashed away and forgotten about. And um, the priest came and he gave it to um, the king's secretary, who then took it to the king, and he gave a full report on the works of the temple and the rebuild. And he said, and by the way, we found this book. We found this book that was stashed away, and he started to read it. And as he read it, and as he started to unpack it um, for the king, the king was so overcome by the fact that they'd found the word of God. The Bible tells us that he tore his robes um, in a sign of repentance, um, and then he sent a group of his kind of priests and people off to seek the Lord, to find a prophet, and to find out what God was going to do. Because Josiah realized that the nation was under God's judgment, um, but he wanted to inquire of the Lord. And we'll see what happens a little bit later about that. So these people go off, they then um, inquire of the Lord, they bring the report back to King Josiah. Um, And then Josiah, so convicted by the state of the nation, um, he then led this this kind of reform of the nation, um, getting rid of idols, going through the land. And um, he called this like rally where he got everybody together and he he pledged uh, his new allegiance to God. And he got the nation to do the same thing. Um, And then after that, he took a team of people through to purge the land of the idols and the things that had been built that were against God. See, Josiah was an influential leader. Now, he was a young king, age eight. I don't know how many of us would want an eight-year-old leading our nation. Um, But um, anyway, he was appointed at that time. Um, And remember, Josiah had 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 before him 50 years of people going against God. So his father did evil. His grandfather did evil. There was all this evil that was going against God before him. And then Josiah comes to the throne um, at age eight where he leads a nation. And he's probably, I would say, probably one of the most important kings that we can read about in in the scriptures. Um, 
and in the Old Testament. And we read in 2 Chronicles 34 verse 3 that age 16, Josiah started to seek God. See, there was no godly example for him to follow. There was nothing that he'd learned about from his dad, from his grandfather, about following God. Yet there was a deep desire within him that he needed to start to follow God. And we see that in that he started to rebuild the temple. And he had this heart for God, and he knew that he needed to rebuild the temple. And what I love about that imagery is the fact that there is the the physical rebuilding of the temple happening. And then alongside that, in parallel, a little bit later on in chapter 22, we see the way that Josiah then rebuilds God's kingdom in the nation. And I love that kind of parallel that we see. See, Josiah, knowing God, that that desire that he had within him was laying a foundation for his character, was laying a foundation um, for the great man that God was um, making him into. And Josiah, he grew up in what we would call a spiritually confused um, nation in a biblically illiterate culture. But yet deep within him, there was this heart and this conviction for God. And as I look around at at our kids and our young people, what I love is that there is this desire in them to follow God. They're passionate. They're like Josiah. Um, Yet we're in a culture that so often goes against God. See, last Sunday I sat down um, in the evening. I sat down to read the paper. And um, there was an article that caught my eye. It said, one in six young people are practicing Christians. New figures show, as research suggests, thousands convert after visiting church buildings. The figures show that more than one in five, 21% of people between ages 11 to 18 describe themselves as active followers of Jesus. And 13% say they're practicing Christians who attend church. And I found that a really interesting article to read. Maybe some of you read it. But the fact that it says in that article that they are um, active followers of Jesus, to me, was more important than anything. Because um, as as the UK, um, so many people say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I go go to church at Christmas. I'm I'm a Christian. I'm living in a Christian Christian nation. Um, But to say I'm an active follower of Jesus is a very different terminology to use. Um, And that really encouraged me that the paper was reporting active followers of Jesus. And yet, that's of us knowing our culture being a culture that is so often against God. And to me, again, and I think you'll agree, church, that it gives us a great opportunity, doesn't it? If we've got more and more young people coming through our doors, we've got more and more opportunity to impact um, the kingdom of God. And Josiah was one of these people that had this conviction um, and this desire to follow God, yet he just didn't really know what he was doing. He was fumbling around, he had no direction, and he he was just doing the best he could, rebuilding the temple because that was the thing that he felt needed to be done for him to be able to worship God. And it was in this moment and this God-ordained set of, um, of events which meant not only was Josiah um, rebuilding the temple, but he discovered the word of God. And and this is exciting. Verses 4 to 6 of chapter 22, I'm going to read them to you. 
Um, so he said, go up to Hilkiah the high priest, so Josiah sending, sending off the secretary. Have him get ready the money that has been brought into the temple of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have collected from the people. Have them entrust it to the men appointed to supervise the work of the temple, and have these men pay um, the workers who repair the temple of the Lord. So there he is, sending off the people um, to start the work on the temple. And it was, as I say, it was later on that um, he finds the he finds the word of God. Now, what I find is really interesting is that Josiah sent the secretary um, to go and see the priest. Now, the priests didn't have the word of God; they didn't have any of the Bible. And the priests presumably were going about their daily lives. They were doing the rituals in the temple. Um, they were doing. Um, they, they were praying for people. They were going about their daily lives, just just doing what they felt was the right thing to do. Yet without the word of God, and to me that's extraordinary. I don't know how they did that. And there was that. Remember that fifty years of worshiping idols before um, the, before this time. And one would presume that with Josiah's grandfather, when he was king, um, the priests there would have had the word of God, and, and they would have maybe been trying to preach the word of God, and there was so much opposition that maybe they took that word and put it in the vault because it was easy, and it was um, because there was so much culture going against them, and it would gave them a bit more of a peaceful time. And it was there that the word was left, and the word was forgotten about. Roll on 75 years from that moment, Josiah um, is now 26 um, by this time when he discovered the word of God. And he longed for God so much, but he had such little guidance. And he just had this sense that God, he needed to do something to find God. And so often I I meet with the young people and and particularly those that are having a, a hard time, I'll say to them, are you reading your Bible? When was the last time you read the word of God? Because we know that it's the word of God that shapes us. It's the word of God that changes us. And what I love is I I love it when the young people come to me and and they're reading the word. And um, there's been time and time again where um, people have come to me, um, young people have said, okay, if I'm reading this at the moment, it's really exciting, like God is doing that. And and I love to hear those stories of them reading the word. There was one lad that I was um, having a chat with this week in my office, um, just on Friday. um, And he was telling me about how he's opening the word in a really different way and making notes and, and really getting into the word of God again. He said, Kev, you can use it in your sermon. On, on Sunday. He didn't even know what I was talking about, um, but he's right, I could. Um, but I love hearing the stories of them getting into the Word. I love it when I get messages from the young people where they're reading something and they don't quite understand it, and they ask me to help them understand it. I don't love that they don't understand it, but I love that I know they're reading the Word, um, and I love to be able to explain that to them. See, it's as we read the Word, we get the revelation of God. Um, and in today's passage, we see that Josiah had that revelation. Josiah was changed by the word of God because it was at this point that he rediscovered what was right and wrong. Verse 10 of chapter 22. It says, Then Shaphan the secretary informed the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me the book, and Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. Verse 11, when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes. He gave these orders to Hilkiah the priest. Um, and it goes on. And what happened in this moment was as Josiah heard the word, he had a conviction. He started to see 
God in a different way. He started to see the right and the wrong um, that God had set out in his word. He started to see the teachings of God for himself. It was no longer just a, a desire to see God and to follow God, but it was a reality in reading the word and knowing and living fully in accordance with God's law. And this same vision fired up um, D.L. Moody when he arrived in England. He was, an evangelist said to him, he said, the world is yet to see what God will do with a man who is wholeheartedly given to him. And D.L. Moody went on to say, by the grace of God, I will be that man. And Josiah wanted to be that man. In chapter 23, he gathered the elders um, and the people together for this rally at the temple that I was telling you about earlier. And you can almost imagine the sea of faces in the temple as Josiah looked out at the nation of Judah and he started to read the book of Deuteronomy to them. Chapter 23, verse 3. The king then, um, after he'd read um, the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord, the king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commands, statutes, and decrees with all his heart, all his soul, thus confirming the word of the covenant written in the book. Then all the people pledged themselves to this covenant. See, Josiah had this deep revelation. He had this conviction of God's ways. And another great joy of mine is when we see this in the young people, when, we, when, they, when um, our teenagers and our children start to get it. And I love the, the joy that goes alongside that. And I love that we as a, as a team, and I, know, and I know I speak for the rest of my team, when we see that conviction of coming to know Jesus or of things that are happening in their life, there's almost these this, um, tears of joy that flow. And to be able to experience and be part of that is one of the best things ever. And these are these life-changing moments in our young people in our church. And we get to partake and share and experience that with them. And as we, as we were worshipping earlier, um, it just, we, were, we were singing Since Your Love, and it's, it's probably one of my most favourite songs. Are we allowed favourite songs? Yeah, I think we are, aren't we? We're just not favourite children. Anyway, um, so we were, singing this, um, we were singing this song, and, um, and it just talks about the way that God is our everything, saying, I was made by you, I was made for you, I am unfulfilled without full communion. And it was, it was just like that, it's like that for our young people. When they get it, when they get that they were made for God, when, um, when um, nothing will satisfy them but God. And Josiah had that same revelation moment where he knew God. He knew that he needed to follow God. But it was the word of God that pierced his heart. It was the word of God that started to change him in a way that he'd never seen before. And it was at that moment that he realized that he was made for God that he was incomplete without being in full communion with God, as that song that we, we sing says. And it was that moment that Josiah made a radical change. It was that moment that Josiah started to lead a reformation through the land because he was so convicted by the word of God that he wanted to make a stand and make a change. Chapter 23, um, verse 4, goes on to say, The king ordered Hilkiah the high priest, the priest next in rank, and the doorkeepers to remove from the temple of the Lord all the articles made for Baal, the Asherah, and the starry host. He burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron Valley, and he took the ashes to Bethel. Sorry, excuse me. Josiah went throughout the land purging it of all the idols 
He went throughout the land, pulling down everything that was not of God. Josiah, um, the significance that we see in this is when he started to destroy the altars that were built by Solomon for his foreign wives. And the fact that he was prepared to even take those down because Josiah was so passionate for God after he discovered the word that he was, gonna, he was prepared to do anything to see change in his nation. And God honored Josiah for this. When Josiah found the scriptures, he inquired of God, as I told you about earlier. Um, now remember, the, the nation of Judah was under God's judgment. God was going to judge that nation as he had other nations because of their sin. So that same judgment was coming um, for Josiah as well. And when Josiah discovered the word, he sent those people off to inquire of God. And this is what God said to him. Read with me in 2 Kings 22, 18 to 20. It reads this. Tell the kings, this is coming from the prophet of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the words you heard. Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I have spoken against this place and its people, that they would become a curse and be laid waste. And because you tore your robes and wept in my presence, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, I will gather to you. Your, uh, I will gather you to your ancestors, and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I'm going to bring on this place. God spared Josiah because he turned to him. God still needed to punish the nation for their sin, but God spared Josiah. In two Kings twenty-three twenty-five, and um, we see this most amazing tribute to Josiah. Now imagine his funeral. Um, he's got hundreds and thousands of people there um, paying their respects. And this is what's said about him, 2325. Neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his strength in accordance with the law of Moses. Isn't that amazing? What would be our legacy when I die, what will people say about me? I hope that it will be that I serve the Lord with all my heart, my soul, and my strength. And that's such an amazing testimony to the life of Josiah, which is why I think he's one of the most important, significant kings in the scriptures. See, we see from the story of Josiah that righteousness begins in our heart. In the Bible, um, 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. See, all the changes that Josiah implemented, he needed to personally oversee. It wasn't, this, it wasn't a popular uprising at the time. It was hard work for Josiah. He was going against um, years and years and years of culture that was set in their ways. He faced such huge opposition. The people were told that they had to follow God. Now, while Josiah was still alive, that happened. And, um, but it was a government-enforced change not a heart change. And we get an insight into the significance of this in the book of Jeremiah, chapter three and verse 10. It says, in spite of all this, her unfaithful sister Judah did not return to me with all her heart, but only in pretense, declares the Lord. See, as soon as Josiah died, as soon as he, as he moved on from this world, the people went back to their old ways. 
Um, with the right leader, you can change the laws of the land, but unless people's hearts are changed at the same time, it's only going to lead to disappointment in the long term. See, for us, it's easy to, to um, perform, to conform to Christianity, to go along with it while we're at church, while we're with our Christian friends. But as soon as we, um, if this pretense that we keep up, as soon as we go to a different environment, then we would just conform to that environment in the same way. See, God wants to see in us a heart change. He wants to see a change in us from within and not just a pretense as we saw with the nation of Judah. See, when Josiah discovered the word of God, um, he had this heart change. He had a change that was so deep within him that he longed to see his nation and the culture change around him. See, we become passionate followers of God when we discover his word and when we seek him as Josiah did. See, 600 years later on from this story, there's another king that is born in the same line as Josiah from David. One night, this, this king, the most significant king in the scriptures, went, up, um, went to an upper room and he took a cup filled with wine and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. We read it in Luke 22. He was talking about the new covenant of God that God had promised to the prophet Jeremiah in which God would bring about this inner change from within us in the way that we think and we feel. Then he went out from this upper room. He went to um, a garden where he, was, he prayed. He was arrested. The next day he was crucified. The third day he rose from the dead. And this king, the risen Lord Jesus Christ, invites all of us to come to him. He invites us to come as we are, with our confused minds and our stubborn hearts. He invites us to come as we are. When we come to him, he puts a desire in our hearts for righteousness. And this is the promise of that new covenant. God gives us more than his law. He actually gives us himself. See, when God's spirit enters us, he creates in us new desires and new capacities. And that is why, as Christians, we love God. And that is why we long for righteousness. And that is why we pray. That is why when we sin, it isn't long before we come back to God, to Christ, to the cross, and we seek forgiveness. And this hunger for righteousness is one of the greatest blessings of the Christian life. See, those who hunger for what God forbids will, in the end, just experience emptiness and frustration. But those who have this inner desire for God will be satisfied. See, Jesus says in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 5, he said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be fulfilled. Do we hear an amen? See, I love, I love the fact that I get to work with the youth. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love that I get to see their authentic passion for God. I love to see those life-changing moments where we see them get it, where we see them discover the Word of God, where we see them get into the Word and, and want to change their culture and their environment around them. And I love the stories that we hear from the youth. And as I draw to a close, I'm going to ask the band to come back up. If they're in, they're out. Okay, we'll keep going. Um, and one of the, there's two things that, um, that I want us to take away and think about today. The first being, will you stand with our young people? Will you stand with them and pray for them?
And maybe even consider getting involved with our youth work. So um, we've got these youth focus today, and um, we're trying to get the youth involved in different things because they can do the same stuff. Everybody gets to play, as Wimber said. Um, and it's so fundamental to what we do here. And um, with the, outside in the atrium, there's um, um, a, an involved stand um, where you can find out some of the team will be there. You can find out a little bit more about the youth and how you can get involved. See, we need adults like you to help us um, with our youth work in this church. Gavin Calver from the EA once said, it takes a whole church, a whole church to raise a child. See, we are in this together. D.L. Moody, who I spoke about earlier, the evangelist, he said, if this world is going to be reached, I'm convinced that it must be done by men and women of average talent. That's me. That is me, average talent. Um, but God uses me. God uses me in massive way to impact our young people. Um, and, and so today I want to give you that invite. Are you of average talent? Um, do you want to come and help us with our youth? Um, and just see these lives impact. Honestly, there is no greater joy than when you see a young person or anybody come into the kingdom. When you see those life-changing moments, and you would not believe the amount of tears that have come from me um, when I see the conviction in our young people. When I see God taking them from a place of darkness to a place of light. And there is no greater joy than being involved in God's kingdom and God's kingdom work. Um, so please consider that. Um, and secondly, on a personal level, let's all of us continue to dig into, into this, into God's word. And let's be changed by it. Let's not be content with an outward conformity to Christianity when actually we know from the scriptures that God changes our hearts. And as we dig more into the word, let's be those people who are changed by God from the inside out and not those people that just conform to his ways. Church, why don't you stand with me and I'm going to pray. Father God, I want to thank you for your life-changing moments. I want to thank you that I'm sure all of us here have experienced moments of life-changing um, encounters with you and we thank you for those. And I pray, Lord, that um, you would give us a deep conviction for you and your word as Josiah did. That we would be so impacted by your word that we would come to you in repentance, that we would want to change our nation because of you and because of your stirring within us. Holy Spirit, come, fill us afresh as we worship you. Go deep into our hearts and change us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.